can I do something today which will add value to someone? And if you do that, then it gives a purpose to your day. It's all about people. Businesses are built on the foundation of passionate, committed, and capable people. I also, uh, you know, relish my role as a sutradhar or as a brand storyteller, telling the stories of the brand. Because I believe that a brand lives in its stories, and I believe that stories are the best way of uh, capturing the essence of a brand and making sure that they remain memorable uh, for everyone who hears them. A year, I would like like to call it as the year of rebound. From a tentative and skeptical start that we had to the year to hope and rejoice. That's where we are ending this year, and I couldn't have asked for a better gift to wrap up the year than having this wonderful guest with us. Joining me is somebody who needs no introduction. He and his organization have been in the business of nation building for the last 150 plus years. Recently made it to the top 10 CMOs in the Forbes list. A LinkedIn influencer, a prolific author. It's an absolute joy and pleasure. for me to invite mr harish bhat on inspire someone today harish thank you for joining us today thank you shrikant uh, such a pleasure speaking with you thank you for in- inviting me to speak on this platform so harish we know you as a prolific writer author the brand custodian of the tata group even before we get to that piece would want to know Harish, on the personal side, Harish, the growing up years of uh, Harish. What are some of your fundamental beliefs, and what was growing up years of Harish was like? So, Shrikant, uh, uh, you know, I grew up uh, in uh, some of the uh, smaller towns and once or twice the larger cities, primarily of South India. Uh, I come from. Uh, Mangalore in Karnataka my mother comes from Mangalore i was born in Mangalore but most of my school days were lived in Tamil Nadu and Kerala i grew up in towns like Salem Coimbatore and Madurai and and Kollam in Kerala uh, and Salem Coimbatore and Madurai in Tamil Nadu growing up was great fun school days was a little bit of studies a little bit of cricket little bit of quizzing and elocution and a lot of fun with with schoolmates uh and because these were uh, small towns i guess there were also fewer distractions uh we were able to uh, focus on the kind of things we wanted to do and of course that was the pre digital world so uh, we didn't have the uh, ubiquitous mobile phone with us in those days to take away our attention uh i enjoyed playing cricket i used to be a leg spin bowler uh oh, wow i uh, enjoyed my food tamil nadu has some very good food as does kerala uh, i enjoyed the schools in which uh, i studied uh, particularly i think the subjects of english literature uh, the subjects uh, of mathematics uh, i would say were my favorites um, and uh, i began acting in a little bit of theater i loved that as well um, I did a little bit of organizing in the school of our events, particularly our uh, uh, cultural events. Uh, so it was a very, very, very nice spirit of which I am very fond. 
but i think uh, that as well as uh, whatever i learned from my parents and grandparents shaped a few beliefs of my life and uh, one belief that i think i have grown up with is the need to be good to people you know that's something that i learned from my father from my mother and from uh, my grandmother i didn't see too much of my grandfather uh, maternal uh, paternal grandfather or maternal grandfather they passed away very early um so being good to people and ensuring that we don't do anything to cheat people or we are not unkind to people uh, that's what i mean by being good to people and trying to be as helpful as possible uh somehow i think that belief has got integrated into my life as i move along uh the second uh, belief that i think my schooling in particular provided me uh, was the need to do anything that you do do it well whatever you do do it well i think that that, that also has uh, uh stayed behind in my mind as an abiding belief uh and uh, those are also the years where i discovered that i have i had a deep love for reading and writing something which has stayed with me throughout my life since then uh on the professional side you know those are personal beliefs uh but on the professional side i also discovered that i liked english and mathematics in equal measure so uh, when that happens you have to take one field or the other i eventually did my engineering and mba uh and got into the uh, corporate world uh, where i have worked over the past uh, uh, 35 years now with the tata group um which i also have enjoyed thoroughly and one belief which has kept me going throughout this time is that when you are working for a good organization like the tata group whose purpose is to give back to the community uh, you find that you are able to you know push yourself and extend yourself because you know eventually the output of your work is going to help the community in some manner as you know the tata uh, group is owned by the tata charitable trust so a lot of the profits that we make uh, get converted to dividends and go back to the tata charitable trust which do a lot of work for the society and community including building cancer hospitals including uh, you know work during the pandemic which is uh, which is uh, in its last phases now Uh, or including work on education and health and literacy and, and so forth so those are some beliefs shrikant which have stayed with me through my life um that that's but at the core of it at the core of it i th- still think the two things that i told you be good to people and be good to yourself by doing the best possible in every area that you work That's a wonderful uh, start act, Harish. Uh, being good to people and doing it well. And how has this kind of come to good stead in your career journey? Any specific incidents, uh, anecdotes that you would like to share with us? Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, in 1984-85, I was the president of the students' union at Bitspilla, and uh, I would say that was my first. quasi corporate role because i was heading a student organization it was not mm-hmm. part of a corporate but often you had students coming to you with various problems there would be personal problems there would be problems to do with academics there would be uh, other issues which probably had uh, overtaken them on the campus uh, and uh, i found that during those times you had to be of unconditional help to them not ask you know 
100 questions which would make them even more defensive and even more uh, uh, upset but unconditionally try to do something which could help them resolve those problems uh, and i remember at least two or three conversations from uh, the bits pilani campus where i did that and i think it helped the people with whom i was having those conversations but that carried on through my career with the tata typically you know i i can't uh, on this conversation i cannot obviously uh, disclose specific names or events but i've had conversations with uh, team members who come to me and talk about why a certain piece of work is difficult to do or why they are not enjoying a specific aspect of their work uh, and then you have to engage in uh, you know a dialogue with them to understand why that is the case and what you can specifically do to help them and that has happened umpteen number of times during uh, during my uh, career therefore uh, uh, what it has meant in my corporate career is that i spend a lot of time with people and try to add some value to them uh, that's i think uh, one aspect while i am very very focused on my work and what i have to achieve at my work but at the same time what i am most sensitive to are the needs and problems and challenges of the people with whom i work while such a strong foundation at the core of you have this wonderful uh, uh, beliefs that you have great organization that you are part of and you have been an influencer for a lot of the corporate uh, citizens out there how do you prepare to be who you are on a, on every single day see i just uh, i just like being who i am okay i have my strengths i have my weaknesses i have my idiosyncrasies and uh, i think i like remaining authentic to those i don't uh, you know it's not like i'm going on a stage and being an actor when i do theater i will do that i will put myself in the shoes of the character you know uh, that that i am enacting on the stage uh, but in my regular life i try to be true to who i am uh, i wake up in the morning and i say can i do something today which will add value to someone wonderful and if you do that then it gives a purpose to your day mm-hmm. then you are not merely engaging in transactional work of course there's a lot of transactional work to be completed there are meetings there are marketing campaigns being developed there are business strategies being developed being developed uh you have conversations about events which are coming up so all that is very very important and it's important to meet those timelines so a lot of transactional work happens but through those transactions are you adding some value to your business are you bringing a fresh idea to the table are you inspiring someone to bring a fresh idea to the table are you helping someone evolve the work that they're already doing are you providing inputs that helps that person be a better professional and a better person uh are you you know if there's a problem or a crisis that is brewing up are you doing your role in resolving that problem or crisis if things go wrong are you going to be willing to take responsibility for the things that go wrong rather than uh, rather than uh, you know your team members only having to stand up and say that things have gone wrong uh, whereas if uh, things have succeeded and there's been um, some glorious achievement are you also you know recognizing team members for that and making them feel particularly happy that they have done something which has been very good and uh, well appreciated 
so these are these are all practical ways of adding value in your day to day life and uh, i always ask myself every morning uh, harish you've woken up today it's a fresh day there's a new sun outside your window uh, how are you going to add value to someone today when you when you get to office uh, and i think i mean i'm not saying that every day i succeed in adding mm-hmm. value there are days where i add more value to others there are days where maybe i don't add any value at all but the most fulfilling days for me are the days when i come back and say okay today i did add value to these three people in my office if that happens then i feel that i have grown a little bit on that and i have contributed a little bit to that great great perspective there and harish you had a long stint at the tatas you have taken multiple roles within the tatas one question that i have on mind is how do you prepare for such transitions well yes so within the tata group i see i worked with the tata group for 35 years now i joined the tata group in 1987 and we are in 2022 but but you know during these 35 years i have taken several transitions in my stride i began as executive assistant to the joint managing director of tata team then i had a long stint in the sales and marketing team of tata i used to be the sales manager for two states in south india uh, andhra pradesh and tamil nadu i also used to manage some of the regional brands then i was the marketing head uh, so there's a long stint in sales and marketing then i transitioned to a team which was looking at the acquisition of tetley the first brand to be acquired by an indian company then for a long time i was uh, with tight uh, initially in the jewelry business as the head of retailing and marketing and then as the chief operating officer then in the watches business as the chief in between i had a brief stint with the telecom business of the tata post that i was the managing director of tata global beverages and here i am now in my current role as brand custodian of the tata group at tata sons brand custodian of the tata brand which is india's uh, most valuable brand and and uh, a very trusted and reputed mark across the country and in many other countries in the world so during my career i have seen these transitions and uh, what you have to do shrikant my view is each transition builds on the strengths that you have already developed from your previous roles and also gives you learning opportunity in new areas so when i transitioned from being the marketing head of tata tea to being the marketing and retailing head of uh, tanishk jewelry i brought along with me a lot of marketing knowledge about how to create brands create brand propositions create great advertising uh, create great uh, marketing collaterals uh, manage people in a team i brought all those strengths but i had to learn retailing i had to learn the art of modern retail i had to learn jewelry vis-a-vis tea and learn lifestyle marketing uh, as against uh, fmcg marketing which i had done uh, i had to learn working with a product category where you don't buy jewelry every day you buy it a couple of times a year versus fmcg which is bought virtually every month and every fortnight i had to learn working with a very different team in titan uh, compared to the team i was working in tata t to the teams had a uh, different mindsets different backgrounds and so forth so i brought strengths from one role but i also was kept my mind open to learn new things in the new role i think that's very important when you make a transition when you make a transition it's also important to understand that everything which has succeeded 
in your past role may not succeed in this role. Therefore, you have to be open to new ways of doing things. Sometimes as managers, and this has also happened to me, you know, you think that what has succeeded in the past will succeed once again now. But it may not. The category may be different. The context may be different. The economic environment may be different. Consumer trends and consumer preferences may have changed. So as a marketer, I have understood that you, and and as a leader of teams, I have understood that it's important to keep your mind open always when you make a transition from mm-hmm. one role to the other. Uh, but I also think it's important to keep some things constant, Shrikar. It's important to keep your value systems constant. You know, for me, like I told you, doing good to others is part of my value system. But equally as a marketer, part of my value system is always focus on the consumer. Understand what the consumer needs and then everything will work from there. So those kind of values that you hold dear to yourself personally and professionally. You know, a personal value I hold dear to myself is be kind and helpful. A professional value is be close to the consumer. Those values, I think, should remain unchanged because they are the founding beliefs on which you build your life and get. That's so very fundamental to who you are as an individual. And you did mention a lot about the learning element of it, right? It's a pretty diverse set of roles that you have played from tea to watches to telecom to beverages. What what were those elements that you kind of picked up as learning habits? What did make Harish successful in each of these roles? Yeah, I think uh, let me reflect on three or four uh, elements which uh, were very helpful. Uh, first and foremost, I believed throughout my career in being in touch with consumers. If it was in tea, I used to visit markets, whether it was Vishakapatnam or Vizinagaram or Madurai or uh, Tinalveli or Tutikorin, visit markets to understand consumers' entry. I believe that as a consumer professional, the one thing which is sacrosanct is that you should be in constant touch with your consumers and your markets. And that's been the case in jewelry as well or in watches. Try my best to be in our showrooms, uh, meeting our uh, salespeople, uh, observing consumers, and that has remained a habit until today. I think uh, today I, uh, you know, look out for every consumer who is using a Tata product. I try to observe them. Sometimes I strike up conversations with them. Sometimes I sit in focus group discussions with them. So remaining, uh, so being true to the consumer by constantly being in touch with the consumer is one belief that I think has stood me very well in life. A lot of insights have come from there. Uh, and I also validate assumptions when I go into the markets to see whether those assumptions are correct or not. And it also helps you uh, look at uh, very diverse towns in India. You can't live in Bombay or Delhi and market to the whole of India. You need to visit India in all its colorful and glorious shades uh, before you learn how to market this country. So that's been very fundamental throughout my career, being close to the consumer. The second thing which uh, also has been fundamental during my career, uh, Shrikant, and uh, here again, I want to confess I have not always been successful, but I have tried to, is uh, I've managed a number of brands and every brand has an idea. You know, Tata T has an idea, Tanishk has an idea, Titan of Fast Track have an idea. It is important for brands to remain true to the idea that they espouse and not do things in the short term that may damage the brand proposition in the long term. 
that is very important to me today. Tata, the brand, stands for the idea of nation building and for the idea of contributing to the community. And it's very important that the brand stay true to that idea on which it has been built for the last 150 plus years. So that's the second uh, key belief in my mind that uh, be coming from the marketing space that a brand is to be true to the idea that uh, it stands for. The third, uh, the third uh, belief in my mind, Shrikant, is it's all about people. Businesses are built on the foundation of passionate, committed, and capable people. So in any team which I have led or in any team that I have been part of, what has mattered to me very much is building the right competencies, inspiring people to deliver their best. And also ensuring that people in the team are aligned to the goal which has been set out for the organization or the division or the department. Uh, so I would say stay close to the consumer, be true to the idea of the brand and build the business on the foundation of passionate, committed and capable people. I think these are three beliefs that I would not like to waver from at all. Super. Those are wonderful clarity to have as well. and. We are reiterating, focusing on the beliefs that you had, that the Tata's had for you to kind of play these multiple roles. On the same grounds, uh, Harish, was there times, was there adversity during your career trajectory that made you to kind of question some of these beliefs or were these beliefs challenged so much so that you went back and thought about it and saying that, okay, is it worth continuing or should I kind of change trajectory or how did it help you to kind of move forward when you had those adverse situations or when you ha didn't have the success that you anticipated to have yeah, yeah. so there were there were i think a number of adverse situations that i have faced in my career uh, i have launched brands of tea which have failed they did not succeed in the marketplace very early in my career okay so very early in my career i remember uh, launching a brand of tea called brahmaputra we thought it would do very well, but it did not succeed in the market. We had to withdraw it. Uh, I am now talking of the early 1990s. Um, and uh, I felt very bad when we had to withdraw it because it was one of the first brands that I was involved with. Uh, but clearly the brand value proposition was not working with consumers. Uh, and I said, my God, where have we gone wrong? And uh, I do believe that uh, I came away from that episode somewhat dejected but i also thought the best way would be to learn from that episode and see what went wrong and we got those learnings right so the next time we launched a national brand tata tiagni it was a big success which also i was involved um, similarly when i was working with tanishk uh, the business was yet to turn around i was the marketing and retailing head our chief operating officer was a splendid gentleman called Jacob Kurian, who was leading the business at that time. And yes, at many points, uh, I have felt what happens if we don't turn around this business. Because the business was being questioned, both by uh, uh, you know uh, the board of the company, the Tata Group, and many others. And sometimes, to be honest with you, there was self-doubt when that happened. And I would go back home sometimes thinking, you know, we have yet another month of losing money and when are we going to make money in this business? But in the midst of that adversity, 
I think uh, two or three things that kept me going. One was the huge market opportunity for Juvedi. Two was that we had a very passionate team which was totally committed to making the brand successful and a huge belief in the in the business. All of us had huge belief in the business. And third was that we were getting various strategic and operating levers right as we went along. And I knew that when we built uh, what is what is it called a, a threshold mass of operational and strategic levers which work right, the business would grow and the business would uh, you know expand hugely. So I think in the midst of that adversity, if you ask me what kept me going, it was belief in the business. The most recent one, Shrikant, has been the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic, uh, you know, every business would have gone through its, uh, you know, challenges. All of us were confined to our homes. We would have gone through our respective and very different challenges, perhaps, uh, depending on whether uh, we had elders at home or children at home or what kind of businesses we are involved in and how those businesses perform. The illnesses that you had to, uh, you know, cope with amongst uh, your relatives and your home members. And that adversity has also taught me a lot. I think it has taught me a lot about uh, why it is so important uh, to first and foremost focus on the needs of your family. Those are wonderful reflection points, uh, Harish. One piece that I kind of picked up as you were talking about is you did mention that there was an element of self-doubt in you, right? And for somebody who has accomplished so much, who is the star of the industry, it is only human to have those kind of uh, moments how did you kind of overcome that and what kind of uh, tips that you can share with my listeners to say that okay each one of us will have our moments of self-doubt and how do you kind of overcome that how do we know over it see firstly i think uh, shrikant uh, i may be a senior industry professional today but uh, i'm very candid in admitting that i've had moments of self-doubt and uh, uh, i mentioned to you uh, the very challenging journey that we were going through in Tanishk at that time, this was more than 20 years ago, uh, where I did have some moments of self-doubt. I think uh, three or four things, uh, Shrikant. One, I think I always, I, you know, a lot of my resilience and recovery from those moments of self-doubt came because we were taking the right actions. You, know, you may have self-doubt, but as long as you're taking the right actions, uh, with reference to the problem that you are facing, those actions are going to yield some result. And I think having belief that you are taking the right actions is perhaps the first way of uh, coming out of any self-doubt. The second, uh, Shrikant, I would say is each of us needs to be confident in our capabilities. You know, self-doubt happens once in a while. It may happen more often for some people than others. But we need to be confident that in the area of our expertise or in the area in which we are working, we have built capabilities over a period of time, either through our college education or through the experience we have already garnered. And uh, sometimes in these moments of self-doubt, you have to go back and say, listen, in the past also I have faced problems, but I overcame them and came up with solutions to those problems. So I will do that this time also. So sometimes you have to reflect on your past successes and how you faced very challenging situations in the past and overcame them. Uh, and that also helps you uh, recover from moments of self. Uh, a very supportive team, you know, uh, sometimes you have self-doubt, uh, you have to go and speak to your boss or you have to go and speak to your colleague. There is nothing wrong in revealing our vulnerabilities. 
to others who are in our team because the whole team is aligned to a certain purpose. Because those conversations also help you resolve self-doubt because the, the person on the other side may have useful and uh, reassuring things to say about why something will work out even when you're in a moment of self-doubt. So speaking to your boss, speaking to your colleagues, uh, speaking to your spouse at home uh, or speaking to your uh, parents if you're uh, you know, if your uh, parents are still alive and, uh, uh, you know, can provide you guidance. So conversations are a very strong method of resolving self-doubt. Uh, so having belief in your capability, having belief that you're taking the right actions, having the right conversations. And uh, finally, Shrikant, I think, uh, you know, I find that reading, when you read the biographies of uh, great people, you read the biographies of people who have done very well in their lives. You find that many of them also had moments of self. I'm talking of really well-written biographies, which are honest reflections in the lives of those people. And you say, yes, if, uh, if Mahatma Gandhi and Winston Churchill and uh, Abraham Lincoln had moments of self-doubt, what does it matter if Harish Bhatt has moments of self-doubt? You know, if uh, so... You know that as human beings, each of us have the resilience to come out of self-doubt and people far, far greater than you had those moments of self-doubt and resolve them. Then I'm sure in our day-to-day -day ordinary lives, there are much simpler ways of resolving itself. It's very important not to, uh, not to let those episodes of self-doubt carry on for too long, but use one of these methods that I have spoken about to bounce back. That's an excellent summary, excellent way of uh, looking into that element, Harish. The conversation is incomplete without talking to Mr. Harish, but on his current role as a brand custodian. This is something that is uh, not prevalent in the industry, uh, Harish. Walk us through what is brand custodian mean? How did you get into this? And my part two of this question is, uh, this is more for organizations, which is how can organizations nurture passion amongst their employees and what role can they play to nurture this kind of an ambition that people would have? So Shrikant, uh, firstly, uh, let me cover the Tata brand custodian's role. Uh, Tata is a brand that is 154 years of age. It, the Tata group was founded by Jamsheji Tata, a Parsi merchant of Mumbai in the year 1868. And it's grown and prospered over 15 decades of its existence. We are today a global corporation headquartered in India with a presence in more than 100 countries of the world, more than 900 million consumers who use some Tata product or service in their lives. We have uh, several lakh employees in the group and our companies continue to grow from strength to strength, year after year. But in the midst of all this, there is Tata the brand. It was a brand that was created by Jamshedji Tata. And uh, actually on his deathbed, he told his cousin R.T. Tata, he said, you know, whatever we have done, try your best to strengthen it. But even if you cannot strengthen it, make sure it doesn't get diluted. That's the essence of what he told his, uh, his cousin. And he wanted to create a brand and a group, uh, uh, Srikanth, where the community is center stage and not just another stakeholder in business. 
and that happened through many means but one of the means it happened was ensuring that the ownership of the tata group sits ultimately with the tata charitable trust which do a lot for the community and the society these are the trusts which have created the tata memorial hospital in mumbai the tata cancer hospital in calcutta the cancer hospitals in northeast india which were announced just a few months ago uh, these are the trusts which have uh, created the tata institute of fundamental research the tata institute of social sciences the national center for performing arts um, which have promoted digital literacy and so forth so as you can see the tata brand therefore has a very storied heritage built over 15 decades with a very clear theme of nation building and giving back to the community and also being a very pioneering brand which creates new businesses which are useful for our country so the tata brand custodian's role is to ensure that this heritage of the brand is protected and nurtured and at the same time the brand is appropriately developed for the future so it's a role which takes the best of history and brings it into the present and at the same time looks at how to contemporize the brand and make it even more relevant to tomorrow's consumer and tomorrow's stakeholder um, as part of this role therefore there are four or five things that i do one is all our companies use the tata brand tata tea does tata salt does you know tata motors does tata steel does titan and tanishq do voltas does so all of them use the tata name in some form or the other they use tata in the name of the brand or they say a tata product or a tata enterprise uh, so therefore when so many companies are using the brand uh, there has to be a consistency with which the brand is used and the brand is to stay true to its idea of giving back to the community so one one of my roles therefore is ensuring that there are guidelines on the use of the brand and uh, all companies of the tata group which uh, use the brand use it in the right spirit uh, you know adhering to both the spirit of the brand and the letter of the guidelines the second uh, second role that i have uh, shrikant is this brand has to continuously connect has to connect with consumers with community but but very much it has to connect with the youth of india the youth are the consumers of tomorrow they are the citizens of tomorrow and they need to know that the tata brand is different from other brands what makes it different and they also need to know that it's a very modern and contemporary brand with a very rich heritage which has presence in technology which has presence in steel in it services in consumer products in financial services so their awareness of the brand needs to be high the quality of awareness but they also have to be aware of what makes the brand different and a lot of our work goes into making this happen we have a number of properties that we espouse across the country uh, including the tata ipl the tata mumbai marathon the tata crucible quiz the tata building india school essay competition i can list the tata social entrepreneurship challenge i can list many of these properties but all these brand properties uh, are with the uh, objective of connecting with young india and and uh, for young india to know what makes the tata brand very different and and what makes it uh, an aspirational brand from every point of view that's part of my role that's the brand promotion part of it we also we also constantly uh, monitor and track the health of the brand that's also very important in any marketer's job i think tracking the health of the brand that you manage is very critical and of course uh, alongside this we also make sure that our consumer our companies have the right consumer insights to move forward with particularly in areas which are cutting across industry sectors and uh, finally shrikant uh, i also uh, you know 
relish my role as a sutradhar or as a brand storyteller telling the stories of the brand because i believe that a brand that lives in its stories and i believe that stories are the best way of uh, capturing the essence of a brand and making sure that they remain memorable uh, for everyone who hears them so these are some of the broad roles that i perform in my uh, it's so it's a very broad ranging kind of role brand custodian um, i know it's also a fairly unique title not many companies have a brand custodian kind of title many more companies would have a chief marketing officer kind of title but from whatever i have described to you i hope you uh, you know the difference between a chief marketing officer and a brand custodian comes across powerfully in what i have told absolutely and complementing to that is this another powerful story collection that you kind of recently rolled out thank you for that efforts there are some hidden gems in this i will definitely leave that in the show notes of our episode this is uh, harish bhat's latest national best seller which is the tata stories 40 timeless tales that will definitely inspire each one of us when we read through that so couple of stories that definitely caught my attention uh, harish was one of one such story was the bombay plan so 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 uh, uh, for, forward looking for, forward looking kind of in mindset that the folks had uh, during that point of time that is very true firstly i must uh, you know everyone listening to this podcast uh, i would encourage you to read tata stories if possible it's a book that has been published by penguin random house it's available on amazon and all other bookstores it's been declared a best seller in the country uh, but more important than that i think uh, these are inspiring stories all these 40 stories are inspiring stories of people or events or places of the tata group but more than just being stories of the tata group they are stories which represent indian history indian corporate history and more important than that they are stories which can inspire you. you know when you read the story of the bombay plan which shrikant referred to it's the story of how jrd tata along with some other reputed industrialists including gd birla inspired the drafting of a very comprehensive economic plan for india's development before india became independent because they believed that an economic plan was essential when we were on the verge of independence otherwise we would have got political independence but we would not have had economic plan before us so they stepped out of their corner offices to develop what is called the bombay plan uh, which was eventually drafted by three technocrats from the tata group led by dr john mathai uh, and when you read it you will see the level of detail which they have gone and this was a the bombay plan shrikant was ran into a lot of opposition the british did not like it that the indians had developed an economic plan whereas they had not done so the gandhians did not like it because the plan laid a lot of emphasis on the heavy industry the leftists did not like it because uh, it it went against their principles but still jrd tata and his colleagues went ahead launched the plan defended it and in many ways it was a, a milestone a seminal document uh, which uh, was perhaps at the verge of pre-independence uh, the first such document which was created which had a economic blueprint for it uh, now that's an inspiring story now all of us may not develop the bombay plan but we can do similar things in our lives we can do similar things in our lives stepping outside the boundaries of our offices uh, and doing things which are good for the community uh, you know we can volunteer in our roles with ngos we can volunteer for social causes 
Uh, we can look at what some of the key national needs are and look at how we can educate someone as part of our as part of our lives. Someone who needs education. So there are many 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 things that each of us can do uh, in the same spirit of being uh, of contributing to the community. Uh, but the book also contains uh, you know Tata stories contains many other inspiring stories of JRD Tata, of Ratan Tata, of Dharabji Tata, Sumant Mulgonkar, Rusi Modi, Darbari Seth. Nani Palkiwala, these are all legends of Indian industry. Uh, you should read about them because each of them will inspire you in a different way. Some of them will inspire you to achieve excellence. Some of you, will, some of them will inspire you to do things which are very courageous and which you think that you may not be able to do. Some of them will inspire you by their generosity and what they have given back to the community and society. Some of them will inspire you astonishing acts which have actually moved companies and businesses to the next level. So I would, I would greatly encourage all of you to read Tata Stories. Uh, this is a book that I wrote as a labor of love, Shrikant, during the pandemic. Uh, and I'm so happy that it's been very well received by readers. And I'm so happy that you are enjoying it. Thank you so much. I can really see that passion oozing out as you speak about it. So kudos to you and thanks for bringing such a wonderful gem to all of us. As I said, many of the unheard stories definitely gives you goosebumps of uh, what happened. Just not the freedom struggle, but also the economic struggle that our industries put together to get to a point where the country is today. And closely on that, going back to my earlier uh, question, uh, Harish, is how can organizations play a role in nurturing passion of the individuals? What can they do? So one is, I think, uh, you know, you need to make sure that people in an organization are working in the areas that they love. Organizations can, I mean, individuals have to play a role in that, but organizations should also play a role in identifying that this person is in love with this kind of a role. And making sure that there's a right match between the person and the role is very important in encouraging passion. Because you're at your most passionate when you're doing a role that you love. I love marketing. I love branding. I love writing. And in my current role as a brand custodian, I get to do all these things. And therefore, I'm very passionate about my role. So finding that right match between individuals and the roles that they play is, I think, the first thing that organizations should do to nurture passion. The second is employees will be passionate about their role, but they will also be passionate about adjacent areas. Uh, you know, there may be an employee who is working in the finance function or in the uh, legal function. But that employee may have a may be very passionate about volunteering with with some uh, for some specific causes. So that kind of passion also, which I would call it's not extracurricular passion, but it's passion which is adjacent to the work that you do. There again, I think organization should play a role in encouraging it, creating platforms for volunteering or creating platforms for uh, running if running is a passion, uh, or creating platforms for books or music that people are passionate about. So that's the second uh, second thing. Third thing is, I think it's very important if you wish to, uh, you know, grow passion amongst your employees, you need to empower them. Empowered employees are the most passionate. You know, it's it's uh, you are at your most passionate when you're giving when you're given your wings and asked to fly. That's when that's when uh, you know your passion really speaks for yourself. So how do how do organizations empower employees? I think is a very very important area of uh, nurturing passion amongst your people. So close on the heels of this, uh, Harish, you have focused so much on 
the corporate brand uh, on things that uh, individuals can do within the corporate and people listening to this if we, if they were to have this question saying that this is all great from the best marketers in the world if i were to get one or two insights to how do i enhance my personal brand what would those one or two words of wisdom would be yeah so personal branding is very important each individual is a brand and you are perceived as a brand by others uh, two things are very important shrikant in creating uh, a personal brand and uh, this is my personal suggestions to everyone who is listening to this show one you can create a personal brand in your area of expertise you know uh, a brand caters to a certain need that people have any brand any brand of tea or coffee or toothpaste or soap caters to a certain consumer so when you are when you are a personal brand uh, what is the value you are adding to others that is important rather than the value you are adding to yourself people will regard you as a brand if you are adding value and you can best add value to others in your area of expertise so i can hope to add value to others in the areas of marketing or branding or consumer behavior or retailing or sales i cannot hope to add value to people in uh, areas which i don't understand very well you know i cannot uh, i mean uh, it will be very difficult for me to add value to people say in an area like taxation or in an area like uh, supply chain technology okay i would know those but i w- i will not be an expert in those areas so first thing i would say is identify your area of expertise where you can add value and build your personal brand around that area of expertise the second thing i would say is be authentic to yourself some of us are very good writers some of us are very good speakers some of us are very good conversationalists some of us are very good at uh, you know uh, instagram and uh, social media posts uh, some of us write in a very very uh, simple way some of us like to express ourselves visually uh, some of us are from small towns some of us are from big cities you know uh, we are, we are such a diverse bunch of people be authentic to who you are that is what the world respects you for uh, so i would say two things expertise and authenticity are very very important uh, if you wish to build a personal brand right we have been having some wonderful conversation with mr harish but we spoke about his role as brand custodian now is the time to see the other side of uh, harish So we are here for the power of three round. Harish, but is all set. The first of the power of three round, Harish, three practices that is unique to Harish. I write every Sunday, and I write thousand words before I get up. I I try to do that every single Sunday. I spend at least a little bit of time every day being grateful for what the world has given me, and expressing my gratitude to God Almighty and the world for what has been given to me today. Um, and i try to uh, you know take a good walk or go to the gym uh, at least four to five times a week to make sure that i keep myself healthy three advices for your older self well i think one would be spend more time with family and spend more time with the people you love maybe i have not done that enough in my life uh, but that is an advice i'd like to give my older self uh, the second is i would say eat what you love eating is one of the few luxuries in this world that uh, remains with you uh, until you pass away uh, 
So eat what you love and enjoy what you eat and give yourself enough time to eat well. Uh, the third is, I think, uh, cultivate friendships. Deep friendships are very meaningful in life. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, I need to spend more time uh, cultivating deeper friendships than I have done in the past. Good going. I think you had a sneak of what my next question was. We all know that you are a foodie. So I'm going to ask you this question. Three best eating joints that you absolutely, absolutely love. I'm going to speak about three joints that I love absolutely. The first one is the Konkan Cafe at the Taj President in Bombay. I love the Konkan Cafe. It has wonderful coastal cuisine from South India, from Mangalore and Goa and the Konkan coast. Uh, I strongly recommend it to everyone. Uh, you should you should go there. Uh, the second place that I absolutely enjoy is actually in Bangalore. It is MTR near Lalbag in Bangalore. Serves wonderful rava idlis and masal dosas and filter coffee. And very close to MTR at Gandhi Bazaar is of course Vidyarthi Bhavan, which also serves exceedingly good uh, masal dosas and uh, tupa dosas. So that's the second, uh, you know, MTR and Vidyarthi Bhavan in Bangalore is the uh, Second one that I would like to strongly recommend. The third joint that uh, I'm also very fond of uh, is the Cafe Mysore at uh, King Circle here in Matunga, very close to where I stay. It's a South Indian joint which serves once again wonderful idlis and some Konkani uh, uh, food as well, like the idlis which are steamed in jackfruit leaves and uh, very nice dosas. Uh, exceedingly good chutneys and so forth. So that's the third place that I'd like to recommend. I, I Maybe I'll give you a fourth place as well, Shrikant. I won't stop with three this time. Okay, a fourth place, uh, I enjoy Japanese food uh, and the best Japanese restaurant in Bombay clearly is Wasabi in the Taj. So uh, I, I do go to uh, Wasabi in the Taj and Bangalore, when I used to live in Bangalore earlier, I used to go to Harima, which, is, uh, uh, which was an excellent restaurant. So these are three or four things. But yes, I'm absolutely a foodie and uh, uh, I enjoy the food that I eat. Now I get an option of what to do when I get a chance to meet you and where to get you to. Of course, I'm very happy to treat you to a very nice meal at one of these locations. Wonderful. So Harish, continuing with our power of three round, three mentors you would like to have dinner with. So if I talk of three people whom I've never met in my life, but I want to have lunch with, I would like to have lunch with uh, Orhan Pamuk, the uh, Turkish uh, writer who has won the Nobel Prize. Uh, I admire his writing greatly. I would uh, love to have lunch with uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. He's no longer alive, but uh, once again, I admire his books and writings hugely. Uh, and uh, if there was an opportunity even today to have a lunch with him, uh, I would certainly uh, have grabbed that opportunity. Uh, and uh, the third person with whom I would uh, like to have lunch today would probably be uh, someone like uh, uh, Paul Krugman, the, uh, the commentator who writes for the New York Times and who writes beautifully on economics and uh, uh, politics and uh, the state of countries today. And if I dare give you a fourth recommendation, if you give me a fourth recommendation, I would say that I'd love to have lunch with uh, Amir Khan. I have admired. I thought you would say Jamshedji. Yeah, I have admired. Uh, no, I'm I'm talking now of more practical situations when I Got give it. a phone <laughs> to uh, someone. Uh, 
I hope he hears this interview and says, Harish, please come home for lunch. But uh, I've admired Amir Khan's movies uh, and grown up with them. You know, uh, Lagan still resonates in my uh, mind. Uh, so does Dil Chata Hai. Uh, so do many of his later movies as well. Tare Zameen Par, uh, you know, The Three Idiots, uh, a whole host of them. So I'd love to have lunch with him and talk to him about all his movies and how he has perfected the art. Wonderful. And uh, no power of three round is incomplete, particularly when you are on the show, Harish, is to have this question, three book recommendations. So I'm not going to talk of my own books. Okay, that would be a selfish thing to do. So I'll not talk about my own books in the recommendation. Uh, but three books that I think uh, I have enjoyed reading and which uh, each of you on this call can think of reading. Uh, one is a book called The Creation of Wealth by R.M. Lala. It's a book about the history of the Tata Group. Uh, very well written, written like a story. Uh, Arim Lala was a master writer. In fact, I dedicated my first book, Tata Lok, to him. Uh, he was the original chronicler of the Tata Group. So, Creation of Wealth by Arim Lala is one book. The second book I think all of us should read is Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Wonderful book. Each time I read it, I discover new things. Sets you off sometimes on a wild goose chase, but it's a very entertaining book. But at the same time, a book which is very thought-provoking when you think about some of the messages that you read in that book. So that's the uh, that's the second book that I would uh, recommend very strongly. In the third book, I think uh, all of uh, you know it's it's such a beautiful story and uh, filled with wisdom from so many sides. Uh, I would say all of us as Indians should read the Mahabharata. Now, you may read the Mahabharata in many ways. I first read see Rajagopalachari's version of the Mahabharata. But I know there are many other versions of the Mahabharata today. Uh, but I would, uh, you know, it's a story which resonates with me and can perhaps resonate with every human being and every Indian because uh, all the human emotions and all the uh, virtues and vices of human beings are, are encompassed in that one great story. So I would say, I would say the Mahabharata. Uh, and I'll add a fourth one to that. Uh, I am a strong, uh, strong uh, believer in behavioral economics and the value it can add to marketers. Um, so the book I've enjoyed reading there, which I think all of you will enjoy, uh, is a book called Nudge, N-U-D-G-E. So Nudge is a, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Kahneman is a master of the, uh, uh, of the science. And one of the original founders of it. Uh, and uh, this particular book is written by Richard Thaler, who uh, uh, has taken that discipline forward. Uh, Thaler actually won the Nobel Prize a few years ago. So uh, that's, you know, Nudge is a very good book to read. Uh, it's also a simple book to read. Uh, if you wanted to read a much more expansive book, then you could probably pick up Misbehaving, which is also written by Richard Thaler. Wonderful list out there. I am trying to be a bit greedy here. I, I know I am conscious of time. If there is one story that is that has not made it to the 40 stories in the Tata Stories book that had had profound influence on you, what would that one story be? Yeah, so it would probably be the story of Tata Salt. Tata Salt is an iconic Indian brand. It is used by 200 million Indian families, more than 700 million Indians. Um, it's a brand that uh, millions of Indians trust for their homes. What was the story of Tata Salt? 
how did Tata Chemicals in those days, how did uh, Mr. Darbari Seth and the Tata Group think of Tata Salt and think of iodized salt? How has that salt become a household name today? What were some of the ups and downs in the early history of this great and iconic brand? Uh, the story of Tata Salt, I think, uh, is the one that I missed out in Tata Stories, would have been the 41st story. But probably if I write a similar book in the future, it will certainly find a place. Wonderful. Harish, thank you so much for those sharp answers into this power of three round. I hope you enjoyed this uh, segment. Yes, it was a, it was an enjoyable but challenging segment because you with each question you put me on the spot and I have to think on my feet. But it was enjoyable because it sharpens your thinking. Wonderful. I, I know sometimes we would want time to freeze. This is one of those moments where I thought we could continue to have this conversation. You are such a wonderful sea of knowledge. But I really, really appreciate you taking time and uh, sharing your life journey, sharing the transitions that you had at the Tartars and what each one of us can learn from it. This show is all about creating ripples of inspiration. That's why it's inspired someone today. So before we sign off and as we are signing off for the year end as well, what is Harish but inspire someone today message for all the listeners out there and what's your year end message to all of us? So I would say two things, uh, Shrikant. One is uh, believe in yourself and two, do what you enjoy. Let the new year be a year where you take your belief in yourself to an even higher level and let the new year be a year where you do more of what you really enjoy. If these two things come together, I have no doubt that it would be a very, very happy year for you. So I want to end by wishing everyone who is listening uh, to this uh, conversation a very, very happy 2023, full of good health, happiness, success and fulfillment. Absolutely. Have a blast. Have a wonderful new year. On behalf of Harish and me, my dear listeners, signing off on the 74th episode. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspiresomeonetodaypodcast at the rate gmail.com Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what to listen, feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle at the rate inspire someone today podcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikant, your host, signing off and until next time, keep inspiring. Keep inspiring.